Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Hey, I want to personally invite you to our first inaugural Healthcare Thinkathon. It's a conference at the Outcomes Rocket and the IU Center for Health Innovation and Implementation Sciences has teamed up on. We're going to put together silo-crushing practices just like we do here on the podcast, except it's going to be live. With inspiring keynotes and panelists to set the tone, we're conducting a meeting where you could be part of drafting the blueprint for the future of healthcare. That's right. You could be a founding member of this group of talented industry and practitioner leaders. Join me and 200 other inspiring health leaders for the first inaugural Healthcare Thinkathon. It's an event that you're not going to want to miss. And since there's only 200 tickets available, you're going to want to act soon. So how do you learn more? Just go to outcomesrocket.health/conference. For more details on how to attend, that's outcomesrocket.health/conference, and you'll be able to get all the info that you need on this amazing healthcare thinkathon. That's outcomesrocket.health/conference. Welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Hey, I really thank you for tuning in today. I've got an outstanding guest for you. Her name is Jennifer Fried, and she's the CEO and co-founder at Explorer Surgical. She's a med tech innovator. She's a founder there, and what it is, it's a workflow management software for the operating room and interventional suites. Now, healthcare leaders listening to this, you may want to stick around because she's offering some major value, as well as for device companies in this space. So she's really passionate about building innovative businesses in the healthcare industry, especially those that use technology to solve inefficiencies and improve healthcare. And that's why we have her on the podcast today. She's got a, a fabulous history in, in both venture capital as well as consulting and strategy. So I want to open up the microphone to Jennifer to round out that introduction, maybe fill in any of the gaps that I missed. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. And quick note, it's Jennifer Freed. So don't worry, lots of people say that all the time. <laughs> oh, Jennifer, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. Jennifer Freed, ladies and gentlemen, get it right. Don't be <laughs> no like <problem>. me. <laughs> it's okay. I also, a lot, a lot of my friends call me Jen, but I'm Jen with two N's, which gets very confusing, but I never get upset if people mix it up. Well, Jennifer, really appreciate you being on the podcast today. And so let's dive into some of the cool things that you're up to. But before we do, oh, folks, the other thing, Jennifer's based here in Chicago. So she's a, a neighbor here in the, in the great windy city, doing some awesome things to represent the med tech industry here, which for those of you that don't know, is growing. Jennifer, what got you into healthcare to begin with? I became really interested in healthcare when I was getting my undergraduate degree at Northwestern. I was studying uh, math and economics. And I think one of the things that really struck me about healthcare is when you look at it from an economic lens, consumers can't make rational decisions about healthcare. So you take something that I believe in essence is a public good, yet there are so many economic distortions that you can't really look at buying behavior the way that you would other types of public goods or, or private market goods. And so I, I just became really fascinated with it from an academic perspective when you say there's this industry that impacts every single one of us, every person in the U.S. is going to consume healthcare and have either yourself or loved ones that go through significant health challenges. 
Yet, when you look at the industry surrounding it, there are so many opportunities for improvement. So I just became really fascinated in looking at what are the new models that are coming into healthcare? What's changing? How can we continually make it better? And while you're looking at technology and innovation and new business models, let's apply it to an industry where you can really make a difference. That's super interesting. So you really found this this opportunity to to make things better. And now you're doing an amazing job in what you do today. I'd love if you could just level set with the listeners. Tell us a little bit more about what your company does. And if you were to answer it in, I have this problem, what can you do to solve it? What's that problem and how does your company fit the bill? Yeah. So we started the company to solve a fundamental problem that we saw happening in operating rooms, which is a surgeon reaching out their hands in the middle of the procedure and realizing that the tool or instrument that they needed wasn't there. And this was something that we started out of a research lab at University of Chicago Medical Center where Mm -hmm. we were studying this problem. And when I first learned about this, this was a little over five years ago, I was pretty shocked. So my co-founder, Alex Langerman, is a head and neck surgeon. And what he said to me is, Jen, half the time I come in the room, I have my favorite scrub nurse, I have my favorite rep, I have an anesthesiologist I work with all the time. Everything runs so smoothly. It's clockwork. It's perfect. But the other half of the time I come in, I have a tech that's rotated in from another specialty. I have a new anesthesiologist that I'm working with. My rep isn't there yet. And my entire room is chaotic. Mm -hmm. So I literally have my patient open on the table. I'm reaching out my hand. And because what I need isn't there, we're stopping the procedure and sending somebody literally out of the room, down the hall to the supply cabinet to go get that item. So I know that you spent time sales, correct? So I'm sure you've seen this before. But for me, this was shocking. It's just, it's not what you'd want to imagine if you think about it being you or your kid or your mom that's lying on that table. You'd say, why is this ever happening? And when we started looking at it academically, we said, let's study this and see what's going on. And what we saw were, Surgeons all do procedures differently. You have tons and tons of new products and devices that are phenomenal that are coming to market, but that have specific complexities to how do you use them. You have very high turnover in OR staff. So you constantly have new nurses and new techs that are rotating in. And especially in academic center, you've got a lot of people rotating around. And so what this means is that in a hospital setting, you don't have that high volume, I'm doing the same procedures with the same people day in and day out, you have all this variability, yet there's nothing to actually support what can be a five, six, seven hour case. So nurses and techs were literally taking note cards and notepads and writing down, okay, here's you know the size of instrument that this particular doc wants, or I'm gonna take a picture on my phone of how we need to set up the Mayo stand And the best sales reps were doing that themselves too and texting this around and sharing it with coverage reps. And so we saw all of this and said, this is not at all what we should have if we're trying to think about how do we deliver the best care for our patient? So how do we take these complex new game-changing devices 
knowing that we have a variable staff and we may not always have all the team members that we work with all the time. And how do we put all of those pieces together to create the right environment for delivering these interventions? So what we decided to do was to build a software tool that could actually be used in the intraoperative part of surgery. So we'll take procedures and break things down step by step, but then also roll by roll. So knowing that what your uh, sales rep needs to know is different than what your scrub tech needs to know, that's different than what your anesthesia team needs to know, have all of that laid out in a digital playbook that can have pictures and videos and information to reference, and also having a large screen on the wall where everybody can see what step of the case are we on and where are we going next. So it's a, a relatively traditional software workflow tool, but we're applying it to a very different type of setting that has generally been pretty old school when it comes to uh, technology. That's pretty fascinating, Jen. And, and so you've put together a really great workflow solution. And tell us a little bit about some of the results you're having and some of the outcomes that you've been able to improve. Yeah, it's interesting. So we we work with both hospitals and also medical device companies. On the hospital side, the main endpoints that we look at are time and then also supplies. So we'll look and say, can we get cases set up faster um, in terms of the pre-op setup time? The answer is yes. We've generally seen around a 10% reduction in pre-op setup time. And then in the intraoperative part of procedures, some of the data that we've been collecting even just having the data has been a game changer. So what we see is that between five and 10% of intraoperative time is being spent in preventable delays, like the one that I described at the beginning of the case, or Mm -hmm. excuse me, at the beginning of your interview, which to this date, nobody else has been measuring or capturing that data. So in some of the controlled studies we've done, we've been able to reduce that time and delay by about half. And we'd like to see it get even bigger and start to come close to eliminating it. But we're happy to start to see some results there and even just having the data as a baseline. I was going to say the third piece that we look at is the supply spend. And we know that hospitals are running on very thin margins. So we see a lot of waste in the OR. We generally see between two and $300 of disposable supplies that are getting opened and then not used in a particular case. And that will range across specialty and it can be much higher and more expensive procedures. And usually that waste is driven by team members trying to be as prepared as they can for procedures. So what that means is they're opening up everything. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly what the stock wants to use. So I'm going to open this version and this other version. So by having the right tool that is easy to use, that's available in the sterile field, we can prevent those items from being opened in the first place. That's what we look at on the hospital side. On the device side, we've been working directly with companies to support new product launches. So working in physician education, sales education, and market development. So when you take a product that is very new, so for example, moving a procedure to a minimally invasive technique that had traditionally been open, we can start to map out that procedure And think about the right way to codify that procedure, train new physicians and their clinical teams on how to use it, and then start capturing that data in the field 
Yeah, and so approaching it from a provider as well as a medical device perspective, you're capturing some pretty uh, important groups here in, in this space. And just thinking through some of the time savings, I mean, if you're reducing time by half, I mean, if you're uh, an elderly patient with a lot of comorbidities and you really could benefit from less anesthesia, then less time is better, Jen. So I, I think you guys are doing some pretty awesome stuff. And in the conversations that we've had on the Outcomes Rocket, just a resurfacing theme that in healthcare, it's not new products that are innovative. It's actually being able to implement them. And yes. to you and your partner's success, you've been able to do that. So congratulations for putting this and being able to implement it because that's the challenge. Yeah, I... Um... I agree with you. And it's something that we are always still striving to improve. I think there are so many great ideas in healthcare and it's, um, I think it's gotten harder and harder to get innovative technologies into hospitals. There's this proliferation of new healthcare IT companies, which is so fantastic, but I think it's been overwhelming for hospitals to Mm -hmm. know how do we process this? How do we manage this? And so you start to see a fair amount of governance being put around this. So lots of decisions made by committee that can make it very difficult. And then I think also at the end of the day, you're putting a new product in in a patient care setting and patients come first. So you have to work really hard early on to capture the data that proves that your product is going to make patient care better or at minimum not interfere with it. And that takes a long time. It really does. So just congratulations, right? Because half the battle is implementing. And for those listening, you've heard the episodes, right? I mean, we as we talk to leaders that have had success in medicine, like Jen, it's so important that we start thinking about how we operationalize these technologies. So you guys have had success early on, Jen. Can you share a time when you guys had a setback and what you learned from that? I feel like we learn a lot more from those setbacks. Yeah, I think one of our biggest setbacks was in our initial go-to-market. So we launched the company out of a hospital, out of a big academic hospital. Mm -hmm. And we're very focused on how do we grow our presence in more hospitals. And, you know, one of the things that we pride ourselves on was thinking about all the different stakeholders. So knowing that you have these big committees that you need to get approval through and that it really only takes one naysayer to shoot down a new product. We Mm -hmm. spent a lot of time designing our product saying, how is the surgeon going to interact with it? How is the scrub nurse going to interact with it? How is the OR manager going to interface with this? How is the anesthesia team going to interface with it? And I think the critical portion that we left out early on was industry and Mm -hmm. all of the different vendors. And I think a part of that was spending more of our time in specialties that had a lighter rep presence. But a lot of people early on said, you should talk to some of the device companies, you should talk to some of the capital equipment manufacturers. And I initially said, no, you know, I think we we really want to be just focused on providers and we don't want to tie ourselves to any one type of company. And now we spend most of our time in the cardiac, orthopedic, and spine space. Those are all specialties <laughs> where the vendor heavy. in the 
Yes. And the vendor in the room has a very important role. And to be honest, we didn't think about that stakeholder enough early on. That was a huge oversight on our organization side. And over the last year, when we started to work with a number of these companies directly, I think that has really accelerated our path to market. And these organizations have been phenomenal customers and partners to us. What a great story and a great learning that you guys pivoted from. And, and now the business model has, has been reshaped and impacting both device and, and healthcare. So congrats to you guys for that. Well, thank you. What would you say is one of your proudest medical leadership moments to date? There have been so many amazing moments and they have all come from working directly with our customers. So having surgeons call us and talk about how the app prevented an issue from happening in surgery has been huge. And then, you know, I think touching upon what we're doing now with device companies, one of our hesitations initially of working with device companies is, well, how exactly is this going to work, right? If you look at the economics, the value proposition, it's totally different. With our first big medical device customer, the CMO ended up writing us after we started working with their medical education team and sent us this note saying, this is going to completely change the game of how we think about medical education and training for our novel products. Nice. And that, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Awesome. <laughs> um, it was really exciting. And I think it was just very validating where we said, oh, totally. got it. That is the right way to enter these organizations and start working with them. And that was a big inflection point for the company. So awesome. Congrats on that one. And as you guys continue to make iterations, work with different providers and device companies, what would you say today is one of your most exciting projects? I can't talk about all of them publicly, but one that is public is that we are working with Siemens Health and Ears as part of their digital ecosystem. We are one of their five inaugural partners. Nice. And so we have an API where we have a single sign-on now with mm-hmm. their digital ecosystem. So for the new C-arms that have the screens embedded, um, you can log right in and you can access Explorer Surgical through that. And so we have been working with them. Um, our primary experience was first in the OR and then also in the cath lab and EP lab. We're doing work with Siemens and interventional radiology on some of the more complex procedures like TASAs. So that has been pretty interesting. And, and we've also seen working with some of their large customers that they're moving some complex orthopedic procedures into the IR sleep, which as you can imagine is a, a huge change in workflow when you it think is. about, yeah, I mean, IR procedures, you generally can package most of what you need in a pretty small set and you have everything you need from there, you know, just from the room right next door. And now you're talking about bringing in big ortho trays mm-hmm. and doing this very novel new procedures. So that's been really exciting to see this really kind of emerging surgical specialty. And then also now having our technology be so well integrated into a large player where you can just take down some of those barriers in terms of getting started where it's okay, we can log in and we have our CRM and it's right there. That's pretty cool. So you you power up the C-arm, it's right there on one of the screens and you got yourself oriented, you do a timeout and now everybody's on the same page. Yeah, that's the vision for it. So yeah, the digital ecosystem, what Siemens is doing is very cool. 
I think that's exciting, Jen. And so there's definitely a lot that could be done to continue improving efficiencies in the OR. And I'm thrilled that you and your team are, are just taking the bull by the horns to make this happen. Yeah, it's, it's been a, a wild ride, but one that's been really exciting and also really meaningful. So Jen, let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in operating room efficiency today. It's the 101 of Jennifer Freed. And so, <laughs> so I've got four questions for you. We're going to put together a syllabus in the form of a lightning round. So four questions followed by what you think the best book for our listeners to read. You ready? Yeah. All right, here we go. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Start by capturing the right data. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Ignoring stakeholders. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? Short sprint times. So always having customer feedback that can incorporate it and then having an agile technology organization that can make those changes in short order. Powerful. And what's one area of focus that should drive everything in the company? Patient first. That's the name of the game in healthcare. And we talk about it all the time as a company is as we think about designing our product, we say, if this was your kid that was on that table having surgery, what is the tool that you would want guiding that? What's the experience that you want for the team around it? Beautiful. And what book would you recommend to the listeners, Jen? So a book that I read a year or two ago that I, I really like recommending to my healthcare friends is A Thousand Naked Strangers. Has anybody brought this up yet on your podcast? No. So what is it? A Thousand Naked Strangers? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I know time. people always talk about Gawande and yeah. his books are awesome and obviously very relevant to our organization. But I thought I'd bring a new one. This like is it. by a guy named Kevin Hazard. He mm -hmm. was a reporter and after 9-11 hmm. decided he wanted to make a career change and he became a paramedic and nice. spent about a decade as a paramedic. So this is a story that talks about his experience on the front lines of that job. And I found it so fascinating. You know, I, I spent a lot of my time in the hospital, but I personally didn't know as much about what happens for those first responders. What is that experience like? And I just, it was a really interesting read and I would encourage um, everybody in healthcare to go check it out. What a great recommendation, Jen. Listeners, 1,000 Naked Strangers. And listen, all the things that we talked about today, don't worry about writing them down. If you're out for a run, if you're driving, definitely don't write them down if you're driving. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, unless you have a Tesla. Well, actually, then you still won't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even still. Just go to outcomesrocket.health slash explorer, like Explorer Surgical. And you're going to be able to find all of the show notes, a transcript, and links to the recommendations that Jen just gave to us today. Jen, this has been a ton of fun. Super exciting for what you and your team are doing. If you can, just leave us with the best place where the listeners could get a hold of you or follow you. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at uh, Jen, uh, J-E-N-N -N underscore Freed. Outstanding. You can also find our website, which is explorersurgical.com. Awesome. There you, there you have it, listeners. Best place to get in touch, best place to follow what the folks at Explorer Surgical are doing. And Jen and her leadership team over there are just doing some amazing things. So Jen, just want to say thank you for spending time with us today and looking forward to staying in touch. 
Sounds great. I will see you around the town since we're about a mile away. <laughs> That's right. Looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast. If you want the show notes, inspiration, transcripts, and everything that we talked about on this episode, just go to outcomesrocket.health. And again, don't forget to check out the amazing Healthcare Thinkathon, where you can get together to form the blueprint for the future of healthcare. You can find more information on that and how to get involved in our theme, which is implementation is innovation. Just go to outcomesrocket.health slash conference. That's outcomesrocket.health slash conference. Be one of the 200 that will participate. Looking forward to seeing you there.